0: Hey, this is Angus Crookshank, and you're listening to the Future Sickos Podcast. Sickles Podcast. steam, but you
1: can cure our disease. Call the doctor,
0: call an ambulance, but it's not for me. Where the sickles were despicable, and that's all we scream. Yes, ah, 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 ah. Yes, 16, but you can cure our disease. Call the doctor, call an ambulance, but it's not for me. Where the sickles were despicable, and that's all we scream. Yes, ah, 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 ah. Yes, please lose, let me hear you, ha, ha, ha. Half lose, let me hear you, ha, ha, ha. So let me hear you ha 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 Jimmy student, let me hear you ha 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 cat, let me hear you ha 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 Martin lat, let me hear you ha 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 Mark Mathot, let me hear you ha 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 If it ain't sicko talk, it's just blah 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 What is up, Ottawa Sanders fans? It's uh, Brennan here and my co-host Derek, and we are back for the sixth episode of the Future Sickos podcast. So we're rolling a little bit now um we're going with it and how are you
1: doing today Derek uh excellent doing really well the sun is shining out here in Muskoka I'm heading back to the hospital soon to be with Jada um she's making good progress i uh, doing good how are you
0: hey man I'm uh, I'm doing well I mean I didn't uh I didn't cash in on any of those 70 million dollars last night so um, you know, like all those things I went to bed dreaming of last night. Uh, I, I <laughs> unfortunately, uh, it isn't, isn't the circumstance, but you know, like I, I really can't complain. Sunshine in here too. Um, it's a little on the cooler end, but, um, it, it's great. I, I think, uh, I might go for a rollerblade or something this afternoon. Uh, I, I like getting outside when the weather's like this, cause you're not just like a sticky mess.
1: Man. Good call. I I love the blades too. Like I'm a huge rollerblader. So That's something we'll have to do at one point. We'll have to hook up and do some trails. We got some beautiful rollerblading trails out here.
0: Yeah, I can. I probably probably beats rollerblading in the city. I feel like every time I turn a corner, I'm I'm risking uh, getting getting hit <laughs> head on. But it kind of keeps yeah. things exciting at the same time. So
1: yeah, the um, adrenaline's pumping the whole time. Yeah. Right? You <laughs> almost got you almost got hit by a scooter or a car or whatever.
0: Did you really go rollerblading if if you didn't dodge a Nissan Versa? I I don't think
1: so. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's I, uh, the truth.
0: I did, I did want to get started. Like I, I just um, kind of while we're getting started here, um, we've got some exciting news. So um, for, for the people on our page, um, they might've seen that we kicked off some giveaways um, so we had our first, first giveaway. So we're do, we sent out um, the signed Eric Brandstrom photos. We're going to announce that um, an- announce that winner uh, later on today or just at the end of this episode. Um, and then we also have some more um, signed uh, sends photos that we're going to be sending out. It's kind of a thank you. Like I, I, I feel like we've really been blessed with the support that we've received. Um, in such a short period of time with our listeners, and um, it really means a lot. And I, I mean, like this community is just just so awesome. So um, it's awesome to be able to do things like this and kind of interact in that way. So keep your eyes peeled, everyone. Um we're gonna have more more giveaways coming up. Um, on that note, um, some also exciting news. Uh, we're We're also um, now available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts as well as uh spotify so if you decide that you know like looking at our faces just isn't for you um i I personally don't blame you um and and now you have those outlets available um you might be listening to them right now so this might not be news to you but um but yeah so kind of just on that note um and then also um just to get into it so well i I unfortunately didn't win the 70 million last last night um, you know like there's always a chance um to win prizes on uh, DraftKings. And if you sign up using the post uh, or using the code THPN, um, then you have a chance at, at weekly prizes through DraftKings. So um, fortunately, like there's always, always some great things to throw down on. I know that um, Ontario um, game betting actually just got announced as being legal um, last night, yesterday. So if we need any more excuses to throw money down, I, I got to say, I think, uh, I think the Sanders players are going to be, some pretty, pretty spicy takes next year because um we're gonna have some point producers. I think we're gonna win more games than um than the odds than the people in Vegas seem
1: to think we will. Yeah, they had us at 12 games, uh, 12 wins last year. It was hilarious before the season. <laughs> so it was I remember, it, it, I it I was it horrible. Was like,
0: <laughs> I 12, mean yeah. 12
1: wins. I mean it's almost never happened and that's what they had us at. I feel
0: like it's almost one of those like like it's like it does suck, but like as a someone who enjoys betting or like it's almost like oh thank you like I appreciate it. Exactly,
1: it's money in your pocket, right?
0: Well, it wasn't at the beginning of last year. (laughs) No, no, (laughs) that's true. (laughs) I was like, oh, these guys count us out, so I was throwing money down, and um, yeah, unfortunately, it didn't didn't really work out. But you know, speaking of those daily fantasy lineups, um, do you think, Derek, that um, a daily fantasy lineup of picking both the Tachuk brothers and Josh Norris could possibly be a reality for the Ottawa Senators um, in the coming future. Is it something that you could see happening?
1: No, not not really. I mean, in in reality, no. Um, I know we dream up these scenarios on Twitter, and um, and when we have the off season like we do, it's uh, you know it's something we love to play around with as fans and. You know, dream up these scenarios as soon as a player, you know, uh, of Matthew Kachuk's sort of caliber says that he's interested in leaving, or I don't even know if he said that to be honest, or makes some sort of small remark that as soon
0: as somebody says that he said it. Yeah.
1: No, it might, like, you know, in some sort of stretch of the imagination, uh, you know, indicate that he's not happy in Calgary and wants out then every single team probably goes through this process, just like sense fans. And we dream up these different uh, trade scenarios. And of course, Brady's here. So, I mean, it would make sense for the senators to look at bringing his brother here, but at the same time, does it really make sense? He's another left winger. Um, arguably the strongest position that the senators have right now is on the left wing. You've got Brady Kachuk, you've got Tim Stutzla, you've got Alex Formanton, you've got Nick Paul. I mean, uh, that's that's a pretty solid group right there of left wingers. I know you know you don't necessarily have to get hung up on the fact that he's a left winger. Um, could the Senators bring him over? I, I don't see it happening um, only because I think they would ask for one of Stutzlaw or Batherson, and those are probably no goes for Pierre Dorian um, to throw into a trade. But uh, but if you could do it for a cheaper price, for a price you know anything other than that, and you're looking at maybe just prospects. Uh, to bring a player like him over, you could potentially do it. And, and it would probably lead to a, a long-term contract for Brady, um, you know, being able to play with his brother. Um, but, uh, but what do you think on that, Brennan?
0: I, I mean like I, I think I love the idea of it. like I think like like the just the the idea of like tauntizing, like the like every team that we come across by having two two kachucks and then I think you even threw Kauddri in there and kind of your your dream scenario. So like just the <laughs> just for like the the aggravating factor and just the fact that like we would be hated by that many more teams like I, I, I think that that would be pretty cool. but like honestly, I don't really see the need like I, as much as it would be awesome to see both the kachucks together and like i do think that they would uh compliment each other like well like we know how much better a team becomes with one kachuck regardless of what uh, some fancy stats might say um but like we <laughs> yeah. know like the difference that that can make and like they're they're actually two. like they they play the game very differently like they they do get under opponent skins but they actually have like different skill sets and they like Brady is really like kind of like a in front of the net um, kind of guy where where Matthew's able to play. Uh, I, I feel like he re- like pulls more on his skill than yeah. his size um, in his game. So I think for me, like um, there there is a fit in some ways, like the personal aspect and everything. But I don't think that it's the biggest fit. Like I think that really the big thing that we need is like a legitimate number one center. And if we're going to pay the price that we're going to pay to get Matthew Kachak. I think that it would be better spent bringing in a guy who would be able to fill like that, that one C role adequately, like more than adequately, like not, not a guy that was a one C four years ago that we're bringing in and being like, okay, come on, Sean Monahan. Like you, you got 70 points once let's do it again. Um, like, and, and bringing someone in that, that could really, uh, really kind of drive that line in that center role. Like, I I think that that's kind of where the need is. And I agree. Like, I don't think that giving up like a Drake Batherson or, well, it would probably be like a Drake Batherson plus, plus, plus in reality, or, um, a Tim Stutzel, like a con, like I was saying before the conversation for me ends at Tim, if Tim Stutzel's name comes up because, um, it's just, it just doesn't make sense. Like those are the kind of guys that we need like we need those skill guys we have brady we have formanton we have really greg in the system and all three of those are kind of like that agitating get under your skin kind of type players that that also have skill that they can pull on and that's not even looking at like the austin watsons or like those parker kelly's that we're going to have that we're going to be able to throw in on the those lower parts of our lineup so it's like we're not we're not building the broad street bullies here like as much as like He would be great, great to bring in. Um, I think that there's other needs that are bigger and there's, there's other players that would be a better fit. And for the price tag attached to to Matthew Kuchuk's name. And I mean, although it might make for an incredible uh, movie down the road, like I I just, I just don't see it.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I think, um, you know, like I said, we're in this sort of lull period where there's not much news and not much happening. So Um, Fans are definitely sort of dreaming up trades and there's a lot of good players sort of on the market right now. You know, you've got big, big names like Jack Eichel and Dougie Hamilton and Seth Jones even. And there's so many different potential trades that the Senators could at least kick tires on. Um, So do you think now is the time that the Senators do start to kick tires on some of these players? Or do you think they hold off for another season to see what they have?
0: It's a hard question. I think that with the expansion draft approaching, there's going to be some teams that are really in like kind of a tough bind and they they might be presenting opportunities to acquire players at a cheaper price tag and Pierre Dorian might be able to take that as an opportunity and really kind of maximize value and be able to acquire a guy for something for, for less than um, he would be worth at, at another given period. So I think like right now they have to at least be having those conversations and be considering it and, and kind of looking at it. But I do think in an ideal scenario, another year of kind of seeing what they have and letting these guys kind of fill out these roles is Josh Norris a true number one C? Um, can Tim Stutzel make that transition to center? Like those kind of questions, if they can see like what they have in JBD does Jake Sanderson come to the NHL and become like the Ottawa Senator's best, best defenseman? Like um, I think like when they, like when they're able to answer those questions, like I think that's really the kind of time that they're going to want to fill those gaps. I think that that's when it's going to be the most ideal. Um, However, like I I do think that right now is a very opportune time to be having those conversations and to be looking at those things because some teams might be saying like, Hey, look, like we're going to lose this guy. If we don't move them or we're going to lose another guy, that we, we want to keep. So we might as well move this guy who we can retain some value for. And I do think that if that's an option for Ottawa, maybe they can use one of those, those young goalies that um, we were really scared of losing kind of as leverage. Like, I mean, I love joy decor, but I'm really trying not to get too attached to him right now because I I think he's going to be donning the Seattle Kraken jersey pretty soon. So um, I think like maybe if we're able to leverage that um, to be able to turn it into a, to a player that we're able to keep um, because we do have some slots where we're we're still able to protect some quality players.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with everything you said there. I think it, it really comes down to opportunity, right? I mean, I look at the Dougie Hamilton thing specifically, and that's a player that I've seen, you know, numerous people on Twitter say the senators need this player. He would be the ideal fit for Thomas Shabbat. Is this the you know, the right shot defenseman, the missing link? To the decor that we need and when I look into the decor and I look at the future I think people are getting a little bit short-sighted you know right now they see Zeitsev and they see guys like Josh Brown that are on the decor but uh, but those guys are going to be flushed out really soon and we're going to have a top six decor that's going to be competing with anybody in the league as long as you know Branstrom stays on his sort of Uh, projected course that he's on, and you mentioned him, Jake Sanderson is the ultimate uh, prospect right now outside the NHL, you know, might be one of the very best prospects outside the NHL right now. And he's coming as early as next season, guys. So we just need to hang on a little bit before we start looking at finding this, you know, sort of ideal partner for Thomas Chabot, because we've said it before, but this coming season is not the season that we need to sort of put all the chips in and go for it on i think that's going to come in the following seasons this next season it's about growth and development once again in my mind but it's about you know growth to the point where we're seeing a playoff birth potentially i mean we're going to be right on that bubble
0: yeah I, yeah
1: no it looks good it looks good <laughs> i mean you can't you can't argue with the looks of of adding dougie hamilton but who's going to go out of that mix right like if you're adding a player like that and, and Carolina, I mean, did they finesse everybody? What are they doing here, Brennan? How did they do that? They they kept their player past the trade deadline and now they suddenly get to trade them. Like, how does that work out?
0: Man, I, I don't know, but after they lost Adam Fox for next to nothing, I, I, think I guess they deserve, they deserve it. this one. I gotta, okay. <laughs> I'll gotta, i give it to them. And um, I mean, no, I, I, I do completely like, it is hilarious. Like, I think it's so funny when it's like, oh, you know what though? Like, like we'll, we'll let you talk to the player and and they kind of find another way to work that leverage. I mean, like good on them. I I kind of wish uh, we we would have seen that a little more uh, when we were going through our rebuild, but now honestly we can't complain. I'm pretty happy with a lot of our returns, but yeah, no, I, um, I I completely agree with what you're saying. Like, I think that the, the issue is that like, I, I, I've mentioned it before and like I think that we really need to remember that there's going to be a time where these, these players are going to need to get paid and we're not going to be able to pay everyone. Um, And as much as I do like Dougie Hamilton, it's like, okay, well when is like really going to be that prime window where this team's going to be competing um, and competing like on a yearly basis and, and like really like being uh, oiled up and like ready for, for a deep run. And I mean, for me, like I see that kind of in like two to three years from now and then continuing for the next like, three years from there. And, like, if you look at that window, like, you look at these guys who are, like, 27, 28 years old, and you have to wonder if they're going to hit, like, a bit of a decline when when those kind of years start to come. Because it does seem like the prime years of, of NHL players are is starting to get a bit younger. At least that's my opinion. Um, so, like, although I do think he would be awesome and he would help us maybe, like, he would extend that window. Maybe he would make it, like, a little bit sooner. I think that he's going to be looking for, uh, like, north of 7 million. I can't see him taking anything yeah. less than 7, if not no. 8. Um, and and like because he deserves it, he's a hell of a defenseman, like he's top five in in uh Norris talks this year. And I think that, um, he he would be an incredible fit. He would be like if Ottawa went out and acquired him, like I would be extremely happy by it. But I, I just also think that it's one of those things where if you look at the long term of this decor, you have Shabbat who's who's getting paid long term. You have Brandstrom, who's probably going to get about like four to five million, I would say at least, and then Sanderson could be anywhere from like six to nine million, depending on what he turns out to be. And really, like to to have another defenseman that that's getting paid big money is just—I just don't think that it's uh, feasible. Like, I I just don't see how that works. So, um, yeah, I think like like I kind of spoke out about it a little bit before, but I think kind of like the opportune player if Ottawa were to kind of go after one of these um, one one of the big names that are coming up in conversations for me is Sam Reinhardt. And one of the big reasons why I think that they should go for Sam Reinhardt and and really the only like the the big piece about it is that I think that they could sign Sam Reinhardt to really reasonable money. And I also think that his ceiling is a little bit higher than what he's even shown in Buffalo. He's, he's been in a weird situation there where he's been bounced around a lot of the time he has been like on the flank of Jack Eichel and they have shown that they've had chemistry, but Victor Olsen's been there quite a bit as well. And there's been times where he's centering that second line. And I really like that the fact that we know for sure that he can be a top six center. There's no doubt in my mind, at least that that's what Sam Reinhart is. Um, And I think that he could definitely be a one C Um, and I think that they could get him for less than 6 million a year. So I really see him as the kind of guy that, like, he has a bit of size, um, but he also has quite a bit of skill. And he, he's he's produced at pretty much every level he's been in. He's had a few years now in the NHL where he's over 60 points. And I think that, like, 70 points in, in a season isn't out of reach if he's with the right guys. So I think for me, like, that's kind of the more, the more uh, like, a better target um, and more reasonable target and, and some, someone that they could probably get for a pretty decent price tag in terms of both what assets we need to give up and what kind of money he would sign for.
1: So, so here's the deal on that one. I'll ask you this because I, I did, um, yeah, discuss the potential of adding Sam Reinhardt again with, uh, with people online. And, uh, one of the things that I thought of, you know, Buffalo, they're not going to want to re-engage a rebuild. Like that's one thing as, as a team, uh, you know, from a PR perspective, they have to stay the hell away from rebuilding again. They can't rebuild the rebuild. Um, so. They're gonna want something, and we have prospects to give that are are NHL ready. For a guy like Sam Reinhart, are you comfortable packaging, let's say, a player like Shane Pinto, which will ultimately probably be, you know, a good player to throw out there if you are serious about acquiring Sam Reinhart.
0: I would. And I, I hate saying that because like, I'm a massive Shane Pinto fan. Like he, like, I, I have no doubt in my mind that he's going to be a, a top two C and like, I really do think that he's going to be a, an awesome, awesome player. But I think the issue is that if you bring in Sam Reinhardt, there also isn't really any room for Shane Pinto. Like he's not going to be a third line center for us um forever. Like, and if he is, well, I mean, like, it's gonna be a hell of a third line center, um, yeah. but but like it just just for me, like it's one of those things where um, if that's what it came down to, I, I think I would be okay with it, um, just because of what Sam Reinhart brings, and I do think that his offensive upside is is a bit higher. Um, and I do also think that that would be kind of another guy who, like, I guess he's like 25, 26 years old. Like, I do think that like bringing in a guy who's kind of in that age range that's done it, um, and, and is able to, and is hungry and like has been like a top producer, like that, that would kind of be, be a really good fit for, for Ottawa. So, I mean, like, I hate to say it because I love Shane Pinto and don't get me wrong. like I think he's going to be a hell of a player and I'm excited to watch him grow in Ottawa because let's be honest will any of these trades even happen? Probably not. Um, but, and and like, I also like, he's got a lot of swagger. He's got that BDE. Um, anytime (laughs) like when, when I, when I had the pleasure of being able to speak to him, like, I just like his personality was just incredible. And, um, you really like those players who like aren't afraid to show it because in NHL, you just don't get that as often as you do in other sports. Um, but I do, I do think that, um, I'd be willing to give him up if it if it meant bringing in Sam Reinhart because I do think that Sam Reinhart would make this team that much better. But I mean, that's just my opinion. I'm also um, I've been to a lot of Sabres games, so maybe I'm a little biased on on my love for Sam Reinhart.
1: Yeah, no, I think I think he would be. I, I'm with you on that one. I mean, there's very few players that I'd be willing to part ways with a player like, and I'm just using Pinto as an example. There's probably other, you know, there's other players you could plug into that that same sort of tier of. Prospect that the Senators have, and they have a lot of them. Uh, Eventually, it's inevitable. Like, you know, we get attached to these prospects very early, but it's inevitable that one of these, you know, one of these days, whether it's this summer or next, there's going to be one of these, and we keep talking about it, a quantity for quality sort of trade. Um, So it's going to happen. It's, you know, we're not going to keep all of these prospects. Um, One of the trades recently, a lot of people are talking about, and even Bruce Garriok wrote a piece on. Nazem Kadri, he's one of the most, um, you know, hotly deba- debated items right now that's potentially available out of Colorado. Um, obviously, the suspension troubles, you know, they've hurt him in the playoffs um, for multiple years now. Um, do you think he's learned his lesson? Do you think having a team with both Brady Kachuk, Nazem Kadri, heck, even Parker Kelly, maybe Ridley Gregg at one point, I mean, maybe we are the Broad Street Bullies if you bring in Kadri. <laughs> Uh, what, what's your opinion on bringing in 30-year-old Nazim Kadri? I mean, he's not the same player he was, you know, maybe four or five years ago. But he's still a, he's still a good player in the short term.
0: The Broad Street Bullies of Turtling. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that would just that would just be Kadri. I know, I know, Brady can definitely <laughs> yeah. hold his own. He proved that against Shea Weber. Um, but no, I like. So okay, so here's the here's the dilemma. I am not a Nazim Kadri fan. I I watched him. I grew up in Kitchener, Ontario. I watched him play for the Rangers. Didn't like him then. Hated him even more when he went to the London Knights. Mm -hmm. Um, Couldn't stand him in Toronto. And, like, I do not doubt in my mind that there's character issues there. I I remember hearing stories of when he got drafted to Toronto. Yeah. Um, I've I've
1: heard the same. So, uh, yeah, I've, I've definitely heard some of the same things.
0: Well, I I remember hearing stories of his dad (laughs) going to Burke or the head coach of the Leafs when he got drafted to Toronto and saying, you know, like, if he gives you any lip, if he does anything, you tell me because I'll, I'll, I'll look after it kind of like, I'm not going to insinuate on it, but like, I'll I'll, I'll look after it. I'll make sure he hears about it. And like, even to, to have to have that conversation, I think to me is kind of a red flag. He's 30 years old. Maybe he's matured. Like, maybe he's not the same guy. Like, like people aren't always going to be like that. But for me, I just really do kind of question that character. And I do think that that's one thing that Ottawa's made very clear that they care a lot about. Um, so for me, like, I wonder if there's character flaw. Well, I don't wonder. I know that there were character flaws. I wonder if he's worked them out. Um, but, I mean, like, in terms of the way that he plays the game and the price tag that we'd probably be able to acquire him for because Colorado's in a bind – uh both cap wise as well as with the expansion coming. Um, I think it could be worth it, it as long as those character issues aren't a problem. And you know, like I what he signed for another one year, is it? I think it's how much longer does he have on his
1: contract? Yeah, i, I want to say I, one thought year. It was, I thought it was two years, but let me okay. check that. It might but, be one year. I
0: know it's short term, like one or two years. And if yeah. that's the, if that's the case, then maybe that's enough time that it's like, okay, you know what? Like, if we only gave up a second round pick for you, or or like a blue, like maybe like a a lower chip prospect, like a B-graded prospect, um, then he could be worth bringing in just kind of as an experiment because, like, yeah, he's 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 a guy that can play 2C, maybe 1C, but he would, he would be a good complementary 2C. And um, I, when he shows up, like, he, he can be a hell of a player. He's the kind of guy that can register 10 shots in a game, get a couple goals. Like, there's nights where he's a real difference maker. So, um, I mean, like, on the ice, definitely a fit. I just don't know about in the room.
1: Yeah, he's only signed for one more season, so he's at $4.5 million cap hit, which ultimately the cap hit doesn't really matter this season for Ottawa. Um, So it would probably be a short-term thing unless he's like an immediate fit and, you know, they decide to bring him back longer and extend him. He does have a modified no-trade clause, so uh, that is something that he could potentially block coming to Ottawa if he didn't want to. Um, I know, yeah, you, you touched on all the character stuff and, um, yeah, I mean, being in sometimes in the circle, uh, talking to people, uh, I know back when he played for the Leafs, there was some red flags. Um, I won't go into detail about, you know, cause a lot of it's, you know, it's broken telephone. You hear things from, from different people, but, uh, but he's 30 years old now. I think he's on the other side of that. Hopefully he learned from this most recent suspension, Uh, when it comes to the playoffs but ultimately i do see a fit there and i could see why the Senators would be kicking tires on him a the price would be uh probably nothing you know super major that you have to give up to acquire him um and, and b i think he's he's a veteran player he's been around the block and he plays that sort of style that the senators seem to want to play under dj smith and it's a you know it's a style that we're seeing effective in the playoffs i mean Look at the Montreal Canadiens with Gallagher, who's a weasel, and you've got Corey Perry, who's another weasel. I mean, these players take other players off of their game. They just do that when it comes to the playoffs. And if Kadri could avoid suspension, he would have been a valuable piece for Colorado in the postseason.
0: I think think they could have made it to the next round if they had Kadri. I think that that's really what it came down to. And um, no, I I completely agree. And kind of another thing to touch on there is if there's anyone that's going to know what Nazim Kadri is like, it's going to be DJ Smith. And if DJ Smith feels like it's anything that he can't handle, he's not going to come to Ottawa. But if he feels like, you know, like this is a guy that can really help us and I know how to deal with him. um, Then, then I think like, we really just have to trust that. And like, obviously him and Pierre are going to be having those conversations. Like if, if he does come up um, in conversation. So I think like with, with that aspect, like if, if we bring him in, like I'm going to be confident that he's definitely going to be able to help our team, but um, yeah i guess like i'm just a bit hesitant um on on rooting for the guy
1: i guess no and and i completely understand that and sometimes when a player is a former leaf too it's like almost ingrained in you that you hate them you know it was it was tough for me to warm up to connor brown like it wasn't until this season that i really started to love the guy um and Zaitsev it's you know it's never happened for me but
0: like. <laughs> There's a couple games there this year when he scored that, when he scored that goal against Winnipeg. That one
1: no, exactly. Awesome. I was and ready to he's...
0: shout his names from the rooftop
1: patio. <laughs> <laughs> Nikita. <laughs> yeah, no, man. Maybe um, my
0: first daughter, Nikita. <laughs> there you go.
1: There you go. I'll, I'll Maybe maybe I'll settle for a dog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, man, I, I think uh, Kadri would be a decent addition. I think it would make the most sense for the right now, because I don't think – Honest to God, I don't think the Senators are really seriously looking at that sort of long term guy right now. I think they're just still looking at a short term solution, um, but not someone like Derek Stepan that they brought in last year who sort of doesn't have much to give and is easily going to be replaced by some of the younger players. It'll be someone like a Nazem Kadri who has some game left, who could still really play, um, you know, a top six role. And, uh, and he's an agitator now, now speaking of term, cause Kadri only has one year term, speaking of term and contracts, uh, we do have to get in. I, we don't have much time left assistant captain Zaitsev. I don't think so. <laughs> we, we don't have much time left. Um, so we have to get into the contract stuff. Um, Brady Kachuk, the biggest storyline in this off season might be the biggest storyline for a long time here in Ottawa what the heck's going on with your mind is he gonna sign here for eight years like the senators want and you know make him captain everything else coming with it or is is this going to be a bridge deal
0: Man, Matthew Kachuk is scaring me right now because if with this talk where he's like, well, I mean, talk of talk that he might want out of Calgary, like it it, it really <laughs> does scare me because I, I do think Brit, like I know, I know Brady is happy in Ottawa. I know mm-hmm. he is. I know that he's playing with some of his best friends. He's living in the frat house probably having pillow fights until 3 AM. Like, and so like, I mean, I, I do really, I do really think that they've done everything they can to make him happy here. Um, But I, I am scared. Like I am hesitant to say that I think he's going to sign an eight year deal. And the reason that I say that is you look at Matthew and the contract that he signed. And it was like that three year, $7 million deal. It's good money for the way he was playing when he signed that deal um like for a bridge contract and like you got to figure that calgary wanted to lock him up longer and um i also know that kind of back in the day walt um walt almost didn't play one year because uh he he wanted more money and i think they ended up signing him to like 10 million which for back in the day was was a lot of coin still is a lot of coin um and (laughs) So I, I am, I am a little hesitant. I do think that Brady wants to be here long-term um, but I think it's going to be at the right price and it's going to have to be a, for a price that makes sense to the Ottawa senators because like if they're looking at anything more than 8 million, like you also have to realize what other contracts are coming up. And and we, we want him to stay like he is like, I, I got, you got to figure he's going to stay, but we also have to have enough money for everyone else. And we also need to set that precedence of, of not overpaying guys because I mean, yeah I mean I'm not too worried about that happening in Ottawa but like <laughs> I I do think that it is one of those things where it's like you look at the Leafs and it's like okay so you had that Nylander contract then they use that as a comparable they're able to use that as leverage and then you have like the the Marner contract the Matthews contract and then all of a sudden things get completely out of hand um so so yeah I mean like I think he wants to be here long term hopefully using the C as leverage can get him locked up um but I see him signing a bridge deal I think like For me, I could could really see him signing like a similar like three times seven deal that he did that his brother did. I think like with the flat cap, that also might be a bit of a deterrence because players just aren't going to be getting as much money this year like they didn't last year. Like that money just isn't going to be the same um, as it has been in previous years. So just even signing a long term contract in general right now um, is kind of um, a bit risky. So. I could see him holding off and, and signing a bridge deal, but who knows? Maybe, maybe the C will entice him, and maybe he'll, he'll make that longer term commitment, but, and maybe it'll be like a four year deal. Maybe like four years is enough for all to be like, okay, like we feel confident that you want to be here. Um, so yeah, I, I'll set my prediction at 7.25 million for four years.
1: There you go. That That's yeah. That seems very fair. I think uh, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. Um, although at the back of my mind, I'm like, man, I wish he was like Nate McKinnon. And he's just like, you know what? I don't really care about money. I care about the team. I want to see a team built around me. I, I'll, I'll sign for eight years, take the captaincy, and I'll take a little bit of a pay cut. But um, yeah, those players just don't really exist outside of Nathan McKinnon. So uh, that's that's the dream scenario for me. But, uh, but I think uh, ultimately... I could see a three-year deal, uh, three or four-year deal happening for Brady Kachuk for a bridge, kind of in the same figure that that you just mentioned. Um, but uh, but as for Drake Batherson, he's another one, you know, another interesting one. It, it'll be interesting to see where the Senators evaluate Drake Batherson because he had a good season, really good season. Um, I think he led them in points, uh, or he was he was close anyway. Um, really good year. Do the Senators see the potential in Drake Batherson or do you think they're still skeptical? Because there was one point in the season where they were like borderline going to scratch Jake, uh, Drake Batherson. Um, I remember Bruce Garriott coming yeah. on and saying like, you know, he's he's a game or two away from being on the bench. So um, is Drake Batherson the real deal in the Senators mind? I think in the fans mind, I, I think a lot of people see his potential, but I do see the ebbs and flows with Batherson's game. I think near the end of the season, I wasn't as super impressed with him. I think when other players started to shine, he kind of faded a little bit. Um, But when he's on his game, I mean, he's one of the most skilled players they have. Uh, So what do you think a fair term and dollar value would be for a player like Batherson?
0: Well, it's hard, too, because you look at, like, Colin White's contract, and, like, I I still don't really think that, like, his contract is that terrible. Like, anything under $5 million um, for a guy that has his upside, like – It could have been worse, I think, but like he's definitely not, he's definitely not living up to it. And you almost have to wonder if like that contract is now kind of like in the back of uh management's mind when they're making these deals because it's like, okay, like you know, Bathurston like looks like he's the real deal, he's really produced, he like is like top six player, but um, unfortunately, like development isn't always that same slope. And um, I, I mean, like in my mind, I think that Drake has proven himself, like I think that he's really proven himself, like at every level that he's been at. Um, and, and like, I think that his inconsistencies that he's had, like are are nothing that wouldn't happen to any other player of his age. Like, I think that it's kind of like a reasonable thing. So um, I, I think that like, I could see him signing. Like, I would love to see them lock him up for a longer contract myself. Like I would love to see him kind of in that five to six year range um, at around like 5 million a year, if he was willing to do it, because like, I think that that could pay off to be a steal. Like, I think that like yeah. down the road, we could look at that and be like, wow, I'm happy we did that. And I also think if you look at his point production this year, well, usually like for a full season, you get about a hundred thousand dollars per point that you score. Like that's kind of like a rough benchmark, like $5 million really isn't that far off. So I think if they're going to give him that kind of money, hopefully they can at least do it for a long period of time. Because like, I, I do believe in Drake Batherson. Um, and I think that Ottawa does too. So I'll go ahead and say that I think that like a uh, a five million uh for six year contract um would it would be realistic for Drake Batherson I would be happy with it and I would imagine that management would be too what what do you think Derek
1: yeah again I mean I hate to agree with you so much but <laughs> but, <laughs> but no I think like a five by five would save some money in the long in the long term for the senators I don't think Drake Batherson is Colin white I think We know at least that he has the high-end skill to be a top six player. um, And he's proven that. I think we know that for sure. Uh, It's not like Drake Batherson was riding anyone else's coattails, you know, producing this season. A lot of the times he was the guy setting the plays up. Um, So I I really don't feel like, you know, where uh, Colin White was playing with Mark Stone and Brady Kachuk and really benefited from that. Um, you can't say the same thing about Bathurston. He was moved all over the lineup, and wherever he was, he looked like a good player. Um, and as I said, he he took some nights off, in my opinion, but it, it doesn't mean that he's going to do that next season. He, he's a late bloomer. Um, we've seen, you know, later development with guys like Nick Paul and Connor Brown that we talked about before. I think Drake Batherson's another guy who trains hard in the offseason with some of the best players in the world, with McKinnon and Crosby. And, you know... Uh, he, he's a player that's going to continue to get better. And he's got some special hands, special skill. Uh, I really do see them saving some money in the long term if they give him a longer term contract. As you said, at the back of Pierre Dorian's mind might be a little bit of hesitancy because of, you know, in the past, you know, players like Colin White. And I hate, I, I hate to keep harping on Colin White uh, because I, I do like him as a person. I think he he adds a lot to the dressing room. Um, And potentially could add a lot to the ice if he takes a step forward and and starts to build some confidence. So uh, getting back to Batherson, five by five, I think I would be uh, over the moon happy with.
0: And I I do have to say, I think that the Ottawa Senators best chance of retaining as many of these like top prospects that we have and these guys who can turn into real players is going to be signing them to deals where there's risk involved. Yeah, Like, I think that we're going to have to basically, like, I think that the kind of idea is that these players are going to play full, like bigger NHL minutes in the last year of their entry level contract. And then that's when they're going to, they're going to sign their, like their contract. And hopefully it's one of those things where it's like, okay, like you're signed for the next five, five years, go out there and prove to me that you're worth more money when your next contract comes up. Or um, I mean, I don't want to say it, but maybe, then they can use that as leverage for free agency, but like at least then that way we're going to have that core of guys signed for the next five, six, seven years when really like that's, that's going to be our, our, uh, our big run. And when we're looking to be competitive.
1: Absolutely agree. Again, anytime you add term, like you said, you take on risk, but you also um, you know, it's high risk, high reward. You have the potential that you save, you know, upwards of a few million dollars Um, by the end of that term, if the player turns out to be the player that you think he is. So you have to make calculated risk. And I think uh, signing a player like Drake Batherson to five or six or seven years is is a good calculated risk because he's a player with an upward trajectory that looks like he's going to be the real deal, looks like he's a safe bet as a top six forward. Um, and, And, you know, he's a decent person by all accounts. So in my mind, that's a that's a calculated risk that you take.
0: No, and yeah, one hundred percent. And I think that with the mindset that they're going into, I don't think they're going to be able to look in hindsight because I think they're going to need to make a lot of those calculated risks. Like I think that when you have um, like JBD's contract come up in a few years, or when you have Shane Pinto's contract come up in a few years, it's going to be those kind of guys that you're you're definitely going to have to uh, to to try to get those deals done. So. I I do. I'm going to have to run. But before I do, I just want to mention and just kind of get your quick thoughts on um, Troy Mann resigning for another two years um, in Belleville.
1: Yeah, no, unbelievable. Um, You know, nothing negative to say about Troy Mann. I think development wise, that's the best I've seen Belleville probably ever. Um, So. yeah i was thinking about it.
0: jared cowan back in the day but i I know they won a
1: championship (laughs) like i know i know they won the trophy um you know quite a few years back but honestly from a development standpoint this is the best i've seen the belleville senators we watch the belleville games all the time um i love that team i love some of the players on the team and i credit um troy Mann, you know huge for the development of some of our players that we're seeing come to fruition and uh just just wait for Igor Sokolov because he's coming. And, uh, you know, I, I think they've done a great job with him too. Yeah.
0: I I'm completely ecstatic. And do you think that, um, down the road, like if, uh, had it, like, I don't know if a coaching position ever opened up, I'm not saying that I think it should, I'm just saying like, if, if that did yeah. happen, um, I, I do figure that he would definitely have to be considered for it because, um, he, he's proven that he's so great. And like, he has this relationship with these guys. You look at, John Cooper in Tampa Bay, and he was their coach in Syracuse. And I mean, like, who better to, to coach these players uh, in the NHL than the players that helped them develop in the a- – or than the coach that helped them develop in the AHL. So um, I think, like, I, I really hope he's going to be in the Senators organization for a long, long time because there's incredible value there, and he's, uh, he's a hell of a brain, and um, he seems like the players love him, and I can see why.
1: It's, it's a no-brainer, right? I mean, that that will be DJ's replacement if DJ ever needs to be replaced. I mean, hopefully he doesn't. Hopefully DJ is the, the right fit for this team. And so far he's proving that he is. But, um, you know, a lot can change, especially in coaching. That's one of the most volatile positions um, in hockey. So if DJ is not the right guy, Troy Mann, I believe, will be a shoe-in as the next guy. Absolutely.
0: Love it. Okay. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Again, we're sorry for um, my, my uh, job that actually pays me requiring <laughs> me to do something at 10 o'clock um, for all the live listeners. And um, yeah, no, and, and make sure to tune in. We have some really great stuff coming up. Um, like I said, there's going to be more giveaways and uh, Derek and I are really excited about some of the upcoming guests that, that are going to be coming on the show. So you're definitely going to want to keep your eyes peeled um, for the draft coverage as well. I'll be I'll be pumping up some um, prospect videos um, kind of give you a taste of of some of these players that are coming in and my amateur scouting abilities uh, based on their rankings. So um, keep keep your eyes peeled for everything uh, prospect and Ottawa Senators related.
1: Have a great day, everyone.